Praise God. Yes, let's give uh, joyfully, for the Lord loves uh, a joyful giver. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. We're having a good problem here, right? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> there you are. It goes to the other side. Amen. Well, thank you for your faithful giving. Uh, you know that we can never outgive God, the Lord, Eva. And uh, we, we have learned the reason to give. Praise God. This month of uh, February, uh, by the way, my name is uh, Daniel, Daniel uh, Villa, and I'm the oldest pastor here. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not Pastor Dennis, so I've taken that, uh, you know, that honor of being the oldest pastor here. And I thank the Lord for His uh, mercy and grace. You know, some, some are asking, why are, why are you so dressed up today? And uh, one reason is because I want to, those who said they would come last night and did not come, I want you to feel bad. <laughs> because this is how good uh, we looked last night. Okay. Well, truthfully, uh, I had... I have two uh, barongs, ano? and I haven't used them for years, mga three or four years. And I said, Nako masisira na ito, so I better wear, wear them, okay? So yan lang po, just, just for the Lord's glory. Amen. Okay, so are you ready for God's Word today? Yeah. Amen. Did you bring your Bibles? Okay, good, good. Because today I'm going to read 32 verses. But uh, as we read the 32 verses, I, I want you to, to help me read. I want you to observe something as we read the scriptures. Okay, the, the theme this month is about love, right? Love? How many of you are learning about love? Are you more loving? Okay. Uh, a few Thursdays ago, no, I think two Thursdays ago, I preached from the Thursday group, Love Your Country, How to Love Your Country. I tell you, Talagang, uh, our church, we want to equip our people not only about the subject of love, but we want to see transformation talaga. We want to see the best citizens of the land, uh, of, of disciples who truly love the country as they should. No? Uh, but we also want to see disciples who truly love the Lord. Today, po, yung, yung first Sunday was about love for the singles. So we had Boaz and, and Ruth, right? Oh, you still remember that, huh? That must be special to you. So, so everyone, no? And then we had... Uh, uh, the, the second Sunday was about marriage, right? We had uh, Hosea and Gomer, right? And then uh, yesterday, uh, last Sunday, I was supposed to preach last Sunday, but uh, I could not. And thank you, kay Pastor Albert, talagang ready, ready pastor talaga natin. We are so grateful to God that he shared to us a wonderful message about loving our seniors. Amen? Amen? And today, today is a hard subject. So... Prepare for some hard food today, okay? Uh, it's called love the lost. Love the lost. It's not easy to love the lost, right? Especially these days, because most of us are struggling to survive. Most of us are struggling with so many problems, and people who are struggling with problems, uh, it's difficult for them to be loving. It's difficult for them to look beyond themselves, because if you have problems... If you are overwhelmed with so many problems and you, you fail to appropriate the gospel into your life, then you become focused on yourself. And when you are looking only at yourself, then you will be unable to see the needs around you. What God is saying to beginners church, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us, is God is saying that do not allow the challenges in your life to overwhelm you, to cause you to just uh, focus on yourself. What God wants is in the midst of your struggles, in the midst of the challenges that you face in life, is to appropriate the grace that God offers to you in the midst of your struggle, so that while you are struggling, you, your eyes are also open to the needs around you, so that when God sends someone or when God opens a door for you, you are ready to serve and to follow the Lord. Amen? Amen? So do not, let's not make uh, our problems as excuses to not apply the word today. So, love the lost. Our text uh, today is Luke chapter 15, 1 to 32. Okay, now 32 verses. I'm going to read 31 only, okay? 
So, para makatipid konte, okay? Now, now, what I what I will ask you to do is, while I am reading the scriptures, I want you to identify the characteristic of lost people. What are some of the characteristics of lost people? Let me start with verse one and two. Now, the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered. They complained. This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Do you see a lost characteristic there? Do you? Do you? Okay. So mark that down. Uh, number, verse 3, Then Jesus told them this parable, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't, uh, doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. Do you see one characteristic or two of the lost there? The lost sheep, why is he lost? Huh? Not in the flock is one, right? He's out. Is out of the flock. He's not with them. You see, lost people are not, these are people who are not where they should be. That's what it means to be lost. You are where you should not be. So, verse, uh, the next uh, passage, verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And then the second story, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Jesus continued. So here's the third story in the parable. There was a man who had two sons. How many sons? Two sons. How many of them were lost? Oh, one. One was lost. Okay. Uh, Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered the wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to, to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. Wow. When he came to his senses, that's a beautiful word, isn't it? He came to his senses. I think the hardships uh, made him realize you know, something. When he came to his senses, he said, how, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your, of your servants, right? So he got up and went to his father. And what happens next? What happens next is, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. You know, these verbs uh, in the original, they're all what you call verbs that, speaks about uh, a wholehearted action. It's like the, the person who does it uh, gives his all. It's a serious act that he does. Parang, again, 
while he was still far away. The father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son. He threw his arms around him. And the final act of the dad is, come on, he kissed him. Can't you see it? They're too small, no? Uh, he kissed him. And then verse 21, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. There was something about the kiss, deba. Wow. Verse 25, meanwhile, the older brother, oh. Meanwhile, the older brother, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your brother has killed the fattened calf because he has, uh, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother, what, what happened to the older brother? He became angry and refused to go in. Is he lost or not? He's lost? You're changing your mind already? Okay. Anyway, the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father, what did the father do? Come on, guys. The father did, what did the father do? He, he went out. No? Huh? The father went out and pleaded with him. Do, do you see? Can you imagine the action there? Uh, the father uh, heard, oh, your son was here and then he has gone. He's very, he's very angry. And what the father does, he goes after his son. Well, but he, but he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Is he a good son? Yes, he's a very good son. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But he had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So how many lost people do we have here? Two, how many lost things and people? How many, how many lost uh, things and people? Uh, is it three or four? four? Four lost, right? But how could a good son be lost? Okay, we'll see that now. Did, did you take note about some of the characteristics of lost people? Today, I'd like to Share this message. My ang prayer ko po, our prayer is, I have two prayers uh, this morning. One, I pray that in the process of the word, you f if you feel like you're lost, that God would bring a reversal to your condition. That you would meet the one who ardently pursues you so that you could be found. But there are also some of us here who, who used to be part of what God is doing. But for some reason, we have forgotten what it means to be seekers. You see, when God saves you, you were lost. He found you. And after He finds you, He wants you to be a partner in finding others. Some of us have forgotten that. That's why God has brought this theme to us so that once again, we could return to Him. We pray for a returning today. We pray for a finding today that will happen. Can you say amen to that? Three things uh, from our passage. The first one is, uh, if, if we are to love the lost, the first thing that we must, uh, was, we must have is a genuine understanding of their condition. What does it mean to be lost? There's, there's a lot of characteristics we have, we have seen. You know? what, what I have done here is, I, I've, I've studied the word lost. In, in the Bible, uh, the word lost has two forms. You know? uh, sometimes it is uh, used as, as a verb, and other times it is used as, a, as an adjective to be lost, lost. Or sometimes uh, it's used as an adjectival noun, no? para siyang adjective, but it is used 
as a noun. But what are the characteristics? Let me let me share this. I just took this from the from the Greek grammar book, ano po? Uh, but because I just wanted to show you that word apolomi, that's the Greek word, is, is really a sinister word. It's a terrible word. It's a word you only speak in whisper. Because in the mind of, the, of those who spoke it, a, a lost thing cannot, cannot be retrieved. A lost thing cannot be replaced. Or, or a lost thing cannot be brought back. It's lost. And, and one of the most one of the uh, one of the terms no that that could be used to really express this is the one that we find in John 3:16 remember that word is the word lost there or the word perish you're familiar with the word perish that whoever believes in him should not perish the word perish there is the word apolomi and of course it comes from that word apolomi to 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 be lost and actually what it means is to be spoiled. It's like food that you have, you know, you are hoping to eat and enjoy. You, 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 you put it and you invite your friends. I, have, I cook food and come and let's enjoy it together. And as you go home, as you open the gate of your house, you smell something. And you suspect something terrible must have happened. And true, when you open that caldero, when you open that, you know, that, that box where, where you had that food, wow, you know, you have a rotten food, a spoiled food, and it cannot be unspoiled. That's how they thought about the word. That something, you know, something has happened to a person or uh, to something, and it cannot be brought back. A spoiled food cannot be unspoiled. It, if it's spoiled, it's going to be thrown away. The other passage I wrote there is 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And if you have time to look into that, it is the story of those who murmured against God, those who really were unhappy that God brought them out of Egypt. <laughs> God brought them into the wilderness to teach them. And instead of submitting and trusting the Lord in the wilderness, wow, they, they went into a complaint party. They were rebelling against the Lord. And you know what the, the, the Word of God says? The destroyer destroyed them. The word destroy is the word apolomi. And, and, and again, the, the implication is if you are lost, you're gone. However, when Jesus came, he started to use this word lost in a different way. Uh, he still retained, no, he still retained the meaning, the idea uh, of being lost. But, but now he introduces something. He's saying, yes, they're lost, but I am here to find them. Yes, they're lost. Yes, they're hopeless. Yes, they cannot find their way back. Yes, they cannot be found without a help. And Jesus says, but I have come because I will change their condition from being lost to being found. One of our favorite scriptures is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. And if you're familiar with that, it's a statement made by Jesus himself. You remember that with Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a lost guy. He thought money would be his source of joy and life and meaning. Until, you know, until having money, he realized, this is not what I want. This is not what I signed for. This is not what I am looking for. He thought that, you know, having all those treasures will bring the, will bring the life to him. But, Boy, it is not until he heard about Jesus. And, you know, uh, you, you know the story. He, he climbed a sycamore tree because he wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus looked at the tree and said, Oh, Zacchaeus, oh, I will come and visit you today. And, you know, in the end, Jesus said, Jesus said in the end, uh, Today, salvation has come to this house. Because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. Imagine that. He was lost. No, He was a son of Abraham. But uh, because of what he did, because of what he pursued, wow, that, that sonship to Abraham was, was lost. But now Jesus said, today, wow, something has been retrieved. Amen, amen? Is that a good story? 
Is that part of the story of your life? Come on, guys. Amen, amen. Well, and the reason he's saying that is verse 10, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that's why when we're talking about loving the lost, to love the lost, we're not just talking about saving them because they're in great need of being found. Yes, that's a good reason to find the lost. They're lost and they need to be found. They need to be brought back. But a greater reason for finding them is because our God Himself, His heart bleeds for the lost. And He says, I have come. I have come into the world and my mission statement is, I have come to seek and to save the lost. Amen? Amen? What a Jesus, right? Now, secondly, to love the lost, it, it really means or it demands that we know what they need to be found. Do you know what the lost need to be found? What does the lost sheep, what does he need to be found? Come on, help me here. Come on, help me. Come on, so, someone say something, right? He needs a shepherd, right? And what else? Only a shepherd, all right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Only a shepherd. Hey, there's one more that he needs. He needs a shepherd, but he also needs to be brought back to his family. He needs to be brought back to the flock. Because the plan of the shepherd is not only to find him, but also to bring him to where he belongs. That's a characteristic of those who are lost. They're no longer part of God's family. You know, some people... You know, for, for some reason, they don't see the, the, the necessity. So, so what do they need? Well, the, the first thing we know is that lost people, they need the great shepherd who would lay down his life for them you know, so that they could come back and they could be brought back to the flock. There are two things here. Please take note of that. It's not just that he will come and find them. You know, some, some Christians, they only end up there. But, but you see, uh, he finds them to bring them to the flock. That, that's what it means to be saved. That if you become a part of, if you are saved, that means God has, uh, you know, God has saved you from, from sin, from judgment, from Satan, from all the perils of sin. But he also brings you to the family. And that's why people who, you know, who are no longer part of the family, that, that's, a, that's a form of lostness. And what do they need? Well, they need the great shepherd to do that for them. But they also need under-shepherds. They also need under-shepherds. Can you say that word, under-shepherds? Under-shepherds, I'm using that for, uh, for Christians. For Christians who commit themselves to caring for others. For Christians who say to themselves, God found me. I'm in his family, but I have friends and family who needs to be found. And I am going to give myself to the Lord so that those who are not in yet could, could be found and be brought back to him. Amen? Amen? You see, uh, being a shepherd is not, is not easy, right? So that's why sheep need uh, shepherds who would lay down their lives. Or, sabi niya, Lost sheep need under shepherds who would sacrificially, what will they do? Serve the sheep. Are, 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 you, are you doing that? Are you, are you a found person? Okay. Well, at least we now know one, right? So what do lost sheep uh, need? Well, they need that. Now, the second one is that, what about the lost coin? Well, the, the, the coins, they can't unfind, they can unloose themselves, right? They, they can, <laughs> I mean, the, the coins, they are completely reliant to the seekers. Uh, and, and the story tells us how much effort were made in order to find a lost coin. Uh, the, we don't have time to go into the background, but evidently this coin is precious. And separated from the rest of the coins, uh, it, it will lose its value. It's valuable, but... Uh, if it is not brought back to, to the others, wow, it, it will be lost. It will be lost in that regard. And did, did you notice that? It is always being found to become a part of, of the family, you know, it, to, be, to become a part of something. And what do they need is this. They need 
the great seeker. And who is the greatest seeker of all? The Lord Jesus. Come on, don't be ashamed to say who is the greatest seeker? He is. It's the Lord Jesus. He has come to seek and to save the lost. You know, that word seek really means uh, that Jesus has come and He would, you know, He would turn heavens. <laughs> he would do everything He could in order to find, in order to find the lost. And we, we all know the extent that this great seeker has gone in order to find us. Because He, he knows that when, when we see Him hang on the cross, when we hear him cry to his father, why his father has abandoned him. Well, when, we, when we hear about those things that he went through in order to save people, uh, th that, that gospel is so powerful that it moves us to be brought back to him. Amen? So he needs the great seeker, but also ardent. That's the, the word ardent, uh, serious, serious seekers. To restore them. Are you an ardent seeker? Oh, well, are you praying for the lost? You know, are you praying for your neighbor? Are you praying for your office mates? Are you praying for your family? We should, right? Because the, the great seeker has come, but he also uses you to seek for others. Amen? Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. Who would like to be an ardent seeker here? Amen? Yes, yes, there's one. Okay, can, can we see more hands? Yes, yes, amazing. Yes, the Lord bless you. You know, let, let the whole church family be seekers. Amen? Amen? Okay. Now, the third one, we'll talk about the, the lost son. And uh, initially, parang when we read the story, when we hear the story, before we read it, we think there's only one lost son. But uh, the lost son, he's lost. Why is he lost? Because he left his dad, right? He left his family. Did you notice two stories already? To be found means to be brought back to the family. Okay? So what does the lost son need? Uh, a father who? Who runs? Hugs and kisses him again. Oh, don't you just love that? You know, well, the first time I was reading this story when I was a younger uh, believer, I thought, wow, I thought nah, people cannot come to God on their own. I thought this parable contradicted uh, the, the, the passage that says no one can come to God on their own except the Father draws them. That uh, what, 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 what those who are lost need is God, His grace, His work in them. But here, it appears at the first part no, of the story. Now, because of the problems, this man said, you know what? I'm lost. I need, I need to return. I need to go back, right? He needs to go back. Okay? Uh, but did you notice what he was thinking? Was he thinking of being restored to sonship? Was he thinking of being restored to the family again? Come on, guys. No, he was not thinking of that. He was, he was saying, I don't deserve anything. I, I cannot be a son anymore. I shamed my dad. I dishonored him. In that culture, the, 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 the thing he did would have given the dad the right to kill him, to have him killed because that's rebellion. That's the saying to his dad, you know, I, I, I want what you can give to me, but I don't want anything to do with you. You give me my life. And leave me alone. That's what this son is saying. Imagine that. Just, I want a life apart from you. Of course, uh, what happens uh, is uh, he goes away. He squanders everything he has. And then later on realizes, wow, what a mess I have made. Uh, my, my, in my father's house, even the slaves, uh, even the workers fare better than uh, my condition now. So I will go back. I will, I will tell my dad, uh, I'm not coming back as a son, but I'm coming back just to be one of the workers. That's what he had in mind. But you see the story, you know, Luke is a master storyteller. And if you take time, if you read slowly the story, you will find that he was thinking about that, but then this is what really happened. That while he was on his way back, 
while he was on his way back. Look at this, verse 17. Uh, verse, uh, verse 20. Look at verse 20. So he got up and went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. Wow, what the power of that kiss. Yesterday sa, sa, sa couples, no? Yung saming harana. I mean, they, they sang about kiss, no? Kiss, kissing. And yes, there's so much power with the kiss. But I tell you, there is no greater power than the kiss of a father who sees his son coming, returning, not to become a son, but just coming and, and he goes out to him. He runs to him. He ru- Again, in that culture, no dad would do that. That's so anti-cultural. That's so unheard of. And yet, he does the thing that nobody has ever seen or heard about. So he goes to his son and runs to him and wraps his arm around him. And then he kissed him. And what happens next? Well, the son said to him, and then Luke says, this is what happened as a result of the father's kiss. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Tell you the power of the grace of God. Isn't that so powerful? When you, when you hear that no matter, no matter what you have done, however far you have gone away, He reaches you with that grace. And when that grace reaches you, the grace expressed in the gospel, the grace expressed by our brothers and sisters who continue to, you know, to relate with us in love despite our unworthiness. Well, that power of grace really brings us home. So what what this young son, this, uh, this son needs really is not just a father, but he also needs... He also needs the, the love of his brothers and sisters, right? He also needs the love of his brothers and sisters. Now, let's talk about the most controversial son because that's really the story. That's really the story, right? Remember, first part of the story is these Pharisees were acting so terribly. Instead of being happy that Jesus was spending time with sinners, they were grumbling. They were murmuring. Oh, they muttered. That's, that's a... That's a strong word. They mutter. They complain. They file the complaint. A strong complaint. And so here, the, the other lost son, what do you think would the lost son need? Huh? What, does the, what would the lost son need to be found? Because the other son is also lost, right? And why is he lost? Well, is he lost because... He's not with a family. He's in the family, right? He's with his dad. Is he disobedient to his dad? No, he has obeyed all the commands and orders. Everything his father tells him, he does them. And yet, if you read the story, he is even more lost. In fact, if you continue to read the story, later on, the the son who goes out, who becomes an outsider, would now become an insider and the son who was an insider would become the outsider. A reversal of fortunes, right? Talk about that, no? Now, a lot of people who are in church, a lot of people who call themselves Christians, who make it as their duty and obligation to gather with God's people because this is what Christians do, you know? It, it is so easy to become like the, the lost, uh, the, the older son, you know? Now, uh, we, we, we keep going, uh, gathering together, we sing our songs, and yet there is something wrong about the heart. Because this older son, he was with his dad, but his heart was not with him. Wow, what does he need? What does he need? What would this son need no? to be restored back to his father? <laughs> okay, what his son would need is... To know his father's heart of grace. That's what he needs. He needs to realize his goodness, you know, his, his obedience is what keeps him from knowing his father. 
Because he obeys his father, but not with his heart. He obeys his father and expects that his father would, would be good to him. That's why he's angry. He's angry at his dad because he said, I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And people who think they deserve God or they deserve our grace or the gifts of God because of what they do, they're really lost. So what do they need? Well, they need an encounter of grace. Alam nyo, alam nyo, this is so important for us because we're Christians. You know, I've started following Christ since 1974. And I tell you, it's so easy that in the course of your life, you begin to look at uh, the years you have served the Lord, the things you have done for Him, and you start to think, I deserve. I deserve something from God. I, I've served Him. I've done so many great things for God. God must treat me in a certain way. Hey, but that's the way to, that's, that's the wrong way, right? Because it leads you to, to the way we're murmuring and, you know, lack of joy, <laughs> lack of love. I mean, that, that's why He is so, He's so angry, right? That, that's one sign of being lost, right? Hello? Always angry and happy. There's no evangelistic fervor in his life. They, they see Christ uh, talking to sinners, and they're not happy with it. And, and this son, this older son, the younger son has come home. It, it should have been a cause for rejoicing, but he is not rejoicing. You know why? You know why? I tell you why. Because he doesn't really know his father's heart. Because he thinks he could earn his father's heart. And yet, the father can only be known via his grace. So what do good people need to do to receive the grace of God? If you're a good person, if you're a religious person, if you have done your best to really follow God all your life, and, and now... Today you're saying, yeah, if I die, I'm sure God knows what I have done and He will take me. I, I should be okay because of what I have done. Well, I tell you, uh, that, that's, that's dangerous because you will not be accepted because of what you ha have done, but because of what He has done, right? Now, what you do that saves you, it's what Jesus has done for you that brings you into the grace of God, that brings you to be found in Him. Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. So some of us, we need to repent of our goodness. To tell God, Lord, I'm sorry that I thought that by being good, I'll be accepted by you. That by trying my best, I'll be okay with you. When the fact is, you have sent your one and only son to be the perfect sacrifice. So that his goodness, his love, his perfection could be mine as I receive it by faith. That's how to be found. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. So what does, the, what does the older son need? Well, he needs to know his father's heart, a heart of grace. And the son, uh, the son also needs to repent of his goodness and embrace the father's grace offered in his son. Amen? Amen? So that's what we should do when we are sharing to our friends who are good. You know, I know people who are really good people. I mean, they, they don't lie. They don't. Uh, you know, they're, very, very really, they're moral people, morally good people. But I tell you, nobody is saved because they're morally good. You cannot be saved because you're morally good. You can only be saved because you have placed your faith in the true good one, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Hallelujah. So that's what the lost need, you know? And did you notice that every lost person, they need what they need is Jesus. But what they also need are people who are committed to be the arms, to be the feet, to be the heart, to be the mouth of Jesus that would reach out to the lost. You know, I'm just thinking about this this week, and I was saying it's really a mind-boggling thing to realize that you could be the only person at your office or in your neighborhood where people could see the gospel because God placed you where you are so that you could be the instrument to reveal to them about His amazing love. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. So let me finish by sharing, so what do we need 
to love the lost. I just have four simple things. Actually, just two things. Ano po. Uh, to love the lost, we need, we need to be made. No? We need to have the Father's heart. We need to be made like our Father who is so full of love. So two things po. Two things that we need in order to have the heart that really loves the lost. I think the first one is, the first is a, a practical, both are practical, no? The first one is to pray for greater love for the lost. Amen? How many of you here would need to pray that? Lord, I've lost my passion and love for others. I, I easily ignore them. I'm, I'm more uh, upset than, you know, than, than caring, than, than concerned for, for the lost. I'm more, I'm more of that. And we, we, need, we need to ask God to, to change our hearts. And the way and the key to change is to ask our Father, Father, would you work my heart out and replace that, you know, that, that hard-heartedness and replace it with a heart that is like yours. And the second one, and related to the first, is a revelation of God's heart. I think the story, that the three, the three parables that we heard, that we read about, the four lost uh, the four lost things and people that we read about in the parable, they are revelations of the Father's heart. So, ask God to reveal His heart to you. Because it is in the re- revealing of His heart that transformation could come and that change could happen into our lives. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray. Paul. Let's bow our heads and let us pray. Oh, Father, we are so grateful to you for your words. Thank you that you are our Father who has sent your Son to come and seek and save us who are lost. Lord, many of us will remember that day when you came, (laughs) when we heard the gospel. The Lord, we thank you. We look back to that and we're so grateful for those who pursued us who never gave up on us. And because of that, Lord, because of that one day, we just said yes to you. Lord, as a church family, we need, we want to be that kind of people. People who are committed to you. People who cry for the lost. People who see themselves as arms and and feet and heart and lips of the Lord in order to find those who are lost. We ask that you move us today. Lord, we pray for those who know they are still lost, they are running away from God, and today they need to return to you. Lord, we also pray for Christians who used to be so, uh, there used to be so committed to sharing the gospel. They're so passionate about sharing what Jesus is doing to them. But due to problems, due to circumstances, Lord, they've given that up. And now a hardening of heart is taking place. Lord, we pray today for reversal. We pray for change. We pray, Lord, that you change us, change our hearts for you. Praise God. Could, could we all stand and we are going to sing this song today. And as we sing this song, if you are here and you feel like you've been lost, you've, been, you've lived far from the shepherd, and yet you know that the only right place for you is to be home. The only right place for you is to be part of God's family. Today is a good day to return home. Today is a good day to be brought back by the Holy Spirit to come back to Him. But there are also some of us here who used to be committed to the Lord. But for some reason, you know, we get, we get our eyes away from our mission. 
and we become enamored by so many things. Oh, today God wants to restore that, that fire in your heart. God wants to bring back that anointing, that free-flowing, prophetic love for the lost into your heart. God wants to, God wants to work into your life again. And God is saying, I want you, I want you, I want you. JC, uh, she will sing this song to us. And as we sing this song, you know, if you feel that today, that today is that day to return to the Lord. Today is the day for you to recommit that life to God. I want you to come and we would like to pray with you this morning. Praise God. Lord, we need your grace and mercy. We need to pray like never before. We need the power of your Holy Spirit to God. Lord, we humbly come before you. We don't deserve of you what we ask, but we are to see your glory. Restore Jesus cares for me, let your rain fall upon me, Spirit touch your church, stir the hearts of men, revive us Lord, with your passion once again, I want to care for others, like Jesus cares for me, let your rain fall upon me. Praise God. If you need to return to Christ today, if you need to return to the shepherd, today is that good day. You can just move out of your seat. Those of you at the balcony, you know, sometimes it's easy to hide from the Lord by being at the balcony. But if God speaks to you this morning, Please come down so that we can pray with you. It's time to return to Him. And those of you who, wants to, who want to uh, surrender your life, to offer yourself to be a seeker, to be someone who God could use for His glory, you can also come so we can pray with you. Praise God. Keep singing, Jesse. Lord, we need Your grace and mercy. We need to pray like never before. Praise God. We need the power of your Holy Spirit. Just come. To open heaven's doors. Spirit, touch your church. Still the hearts of men. Revive us, Lord, with your passion once again. I want to care for others like Jesus cares for me. Let your rain fall upon me. Come, come. 
Oh, it's time. Oh, come. Come to your shepherd's arms. Oh, hallelujah. We don't deserve of you what we ask. But we yearn to see your glory. Anybody else? Restore this dying Spirit, touch your church. Jesus cares for me. Let your rain fall upon me. Spirit, touch your church. Steer the hearts of men. Revive us, Lord, with your passion once again. I want to care. Jesus cares for me. Let your rain fall upon me. Let your rain fall upon me. Praise God. Praise God. We still have our friends here uh, being prayed for. But let me, let me give a closing prayer. But if there is one more, you know, you're struggling about returning. You're struggling about surrendering your life to Christ. You can do that. You can still do that. You can respond to Him. Don't miss. Don't miss this opportunity. Father, thank You. Thank You for Your words today. I thank You, Lord, for the opportunity to share, to speak Your words to Your people. Lord, we pray that your words will, will, be, will be received as by faith, Lord. And we pray that your words will truly build your people up. Lord, thank you. Thank you for blessing us today with your presence. Lord, thank you for raising up your people, restoring them to love for you, to love for the lost, to love for your kingdom. Lord, we pray for joyful believers, believers who truly are enjoying their, their work and life with you. Oh, turn, turn our family, Lord, to be that kind of a family. Thank you, Lord. We pray for more celebrations to happen in this church. As we see people returning to you, as we see people being restored to you, as we see people, Lord, surrendering to you and receiving you, accepting you, acknowledging you as Lord and Savior of their lives. Thank you, Lord, that you are building us up to be that kind of a church for you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you. We will see you again next week. Keep bringing your friends to be with us. Amen.